Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cold Hard Truth Podcast. I'm Jack Smith. I'm Shrikara Jendan. And I'm Anish Gupta. And how fitting. This is episode 50 since we revamped the podcast. It's about a year ago at this point. Episode one, I talked with you guys about this last week, actually, but episode one surrounded the Matthew Stafford trade to the Los Angeles Rams. And now we're here, episode 50, after the Super Bowl. Him and the Rams just beat the Bengals, and they are your NFL Super Bowl champions for 2021. Uh, Today, we're going to go over the Super Bowl. We're going to recap it, everything that's going on, chronological order, you know, some of the bad calls, some of the great plays, the halftime show, which I'm I'm excited to talk about. Uh, But before we get to that, let's talk about some quick news and notes that's gone on in the NFL this week, starting with Kyler Murray. And like, this is something that I don't know about you guys. It, It completely caught me off guard. Like, I was not expecting to be there to be really any drama for Kyler Murray this offseason. Like, did this catch you guys by surprise too? It caught me by surprise, but, you know, honestly, the stuff that's being held against Kyler right now in terms of being a finger pointer, being selfish, self-centered, you know, if all that stuff true, you pick this guy number one in 2019 and replace Joshua, it's a very bad look for Arizona and their front office if, you know, all that stuff is true. And I know that Mike Garofalo, you reported that they're trying to look for better, you know, just intangibles. They're looking for better leadership. They're looking for if, if you're looking for that sort of stuff, if you're looking for QB traits from your number one overall QB, you're in a lot of hot water and you're in trouble. So I hope for Arizona's sake that, you know, Kyler gets it together. I mean, I don't know what's true and what's not. Maybe this could be used to gain some leverage by Arizona's front office in a new deal. I'm not really sure, but it's kind of a bizarre situation and it definitely caught me off guard. Yeah, I think the rumor at hand is, uh, I think it started with a Chris Mortensen tweet. He said, Murray is described as self-centered, immature, and a finger pointer per sources. He's frustrated with the franchise and he was embarrassed by the playoff loss to the Rams. And I think the, the big part that everyone's kind of focusing on is that he thinks he's formed the scapegoat. Now, whether any of this is true is anyone's guess at this point. We don't know the sources. I think that's like a good caveat to say whenever we get to this point in the NFL season, there's tons of rumors that like some of them don't have backing, in, but some of them do. So take anything that we say with a grain of salt because we're kind of just reporting based on other things that we've seen. But like if that's true. And I feel like it definitely could be just based on the way that the end of the season went for the Cardinals. Like that is not a good look for a for Kyler Murray and also be for the Cardinals. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to go into it too much just because I also do want to talk about the Super Bowl more. But um, I wasn't that surprised, actually, uh, okay. because when they lost, right, it was a pretty embarrassing loss. I mean, I could already hear everybody just slandering like the Kyler slander was pretty high at, at that time. And I'm on Kyler's side right now um, because I've, you know, I've watched a lot of the Cardinals social media stuff and I've seen a lot of their, uh, you know, media days and even like how they've uh, acted in like OTAs, mic'd up type stuff. All the veterans, you know, old or young, uh, all, you know, like they all have raved about Kyler and uh, I haven't really heard anything from teammates, uh, anything bad about it. So I guess the front office may be unhappy. And for Kyler, I mean, yeah, he was labeled as the scapegoat, but in reality, Kingsbury did not let him run in that game. You, Kyler is like, oh, and I think like 20, I think in games that he has like less than five rush attempts. He hasn't won a game yet uh, like that. And he had less than five in the biggest game of his career so far. So um, I think, you know, he is getting painted as a scapegoat a little bit. And I haven't really seen or heard enough for me to really label him as a finger pointer or a selfish guy. And he's a consensus top 10 quarterback right now as we stand. So, I mean, I think if I'm the Cardinals, I want to keep this guy around because, I mean, there's a there's very few options you have to upgrade over this guy. And he's been getting better every single year. He's been taking steps forward, right? From five wins to one win away from the playoffs, finally making it. Now, who knows? Maybe we see a deep playoff run next year. But yeah, I'm on Kyler's side right now. I, you know, I, I was also expecting an extension on the way I thought, you know, things would be good, but, um, I was not surprised after I heard, saw, you know, all the kind of blaming towards him after that loss. So. I think what makes the situation just as weird as it is, is what's been going on on Instagram between the two. Like yeah. you have Kyler going down to two posts and then those two are in non-Cardinals related uniforms. Then you got Arizona going down to two posts and deleting everything. It's what's going on. Like, I, I can't figure it out. I literally can't. Technically, they were related. Like one of them was him being drafted, and the other one. And the other was at the Pro Bowl. But like, I feel like those are those are big moments in in his life. Not like, 
Cardinals stuff. And that was, that's what, that's what kickstarted everything. That's what kind of piqued everyone's interest and said, okay, there's something going on here. There's another report that, that went out on Twitter. That's been catching a lot of buzz and whether it's again, whether it's true or not, I don't really know. Chuck Harris, who's a Cardinals reporter tweeted, just heard that's on 98.7 during half times. Kyler Murray is known to sit at his locker and call his girlfriend or put his earbuds in and isolate himself from the team. Like again, all, all of this could be fake. None of this could be fake. Like we have no idea, but if that's true, again, not yeah, a good if look. If that's true, then obviously my opinion would switch. Yeah, but, but no, I, I think if Kyler really does feel like, you know, he's the scapegoat, he kind of does have a slight point. You know, you can throw some blame on him for the wildcard game and for down the stretch. Like, he's the quarterback. You got to be able to handle blame because you get the credit when you win, you get the blame when you lose. But the Cardinals have not done a great job to build a team around him. There's, there's been effort there. They've put some picks into the offensive line. Uh, they've thrown picks at receivers. They've made some free agent signings, but like they have not been very successful. And I've said this before, like Steve Keim is just not a very good GM. Like, and he has some pieces that redeem himself a little bit, but like Kyler Murray was the obvious number one pick. So you, you're going to hit on that one I pretty mean, much no matter what the other, the other moves he's made, like, can you really hang your hat on that many young pieces in this Cardinals team or like moves that you like? I kind of disagree. I, really? I think Steve Kime is a, I think they've built around him pretty solidly. And again, it all comes like, what, down what, to this. But in what ways? Like, like, so, so yeah, let me, let me explain, right? Like I'll, I'll go quick. Cause again, I want to hit the Super Bowl, but um, I think, look, this is kind of a process that they've been going through. And in 2019, right. I think Nick Bosa had just as good of a case of being the number one overall prospect as Kyler Murray did. I thought he was a slam dunk no matter where he went. And but, the Cardinals did have a top 10 QB that they had picked. Sorry, a pick of a top 10, right? Not a top 10 quarterback, but they picked him uh, with the 10th overall pick, right? And for them to right away as a GM, right? This never happens. This is, I think, the first time I've ever seen this. For him to really admit his mistake year one and switch away like that I think that takes some big guts to do. I mean, like, because the Cardinals could have easily taken Nick Bosa there, and I don't think anyone would have had a problem with it. And you're seeing what he's doing right now. I mean, it, I feel like he could have done the same, if not better, uh, with the Cardinals alongside Chandler Jones. So I think it's been a process, right? And every year Kyler's been there, they've gotten more and more pieces each year. It hasn't been a lot, but they've they've uh, you know they've built around him. I think they've gotten pieces, you know, big time ones each year, right? Like D Hop in twenty twenty. I think that's still a hit, right? Uh, when he's been on the field, he has been very productive. I'm, I'm I'm mostly talking about drafting, and, and I'm talking about like other signings, like, other than JJ Watt, who and, and DeAndre Hopkins, who like yeah, you can say they've been hits, but they've also been injured their fair yeah, share. I mean, th- but that's hard to like. You know, I know, I know. But the other time, moves, right? I mean, so. The other I think, moves, especially I think year four, right? So I love I love a four year process. I think year four has got to be the hit. So this is, I think, no more of this one more year stuff, right? This is it. I think this is this is the year that's going to tell us the Cardinals, quote unquote, future long term. Because you said it, you know, prior to the episode, Jack and I were talking. The NFC is weak. It's wide open. It it has never been this wide open in the last maybe twenty years, and the Cardinals have a shot to do it. Um, so I think this is, this is the year. And if it doesn't work out, then, you know, Steve Kime can maybe go at it again with 2023 class. Like, let, let's see. I think, I think I would give him one more year and I still think Kyler, uh, I'm still with Kyler right now. The Bengals made the Super Bowl in year two with, in Joe Burrow's year two in the again, loaded AFC. It's hard like, to, you know, like that, that's like thing like once in a, right. I know, but I'm saying like the, the ability to say, give me, give me four years to get something done. I don't know if that's going to happen anymore. Uh, the second, yeah, that's piece, a trend. I guess so. the second piece, uh, Wentz and Garoppolo, Carson Wentz, Jimmy Garoppolo are most likely to not be on their respective teams, the Colts and the Niners before March 19th. I think this is a move we kind of all expected more so for Garoppolo though. Shrikar, uh, your thoughts on that? I think with Jimmy, um, I could honestly envision a scenario where teams will hold out and try and wait for the Niners to actually cut Jimmy so they don't have to give up anything in return. Um, and I definitely could see that happening as of right now the most that I could or the highest draft pick I could see going for Garoppolo is a third round pick. I don't think we get a second. I don't think we get a first. We could get a second because teams tend to overpay for a QB, but I don't know. And with that holdout scenario, that's something that I could definitely envision happening. Um, With Carson Wentz, if you, do you want me to get into that or do you want a niche to start with that? <laughs> oh, yeah, we let the Carson Wentz expert touch that one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to go right now about Wentz or say stuff about Jimmy? Because I love both. So I've, I mean. No, right. it's, it's just a different type of love, dude. 
I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I know. Wentz is way above. I mean, well, I'll, I want to start with Jimmy really quick because I, first of all, I think they can get a second for him. Uh, I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident on that. And uh, I think they would get a pretty hard cap hit if they uh, cut Jimmy. So then I think the teams trading for Jimmy have more leverage than the Niners do with him because they know, they already know Jimmy has already expressed his goodbyes and they know that it's inevitable that he's gone and the Niners want to move on with Trey Lance. So I think the teams training for him have way more leverage and the Niners might be forced to cut him, as you said, Trikar. So uh, it sucks. Again, you guys all know my stance on Jimmy G. I still think he is a winner. I think he's uh, better than Trey Lance right now and he could be really good for a team like the commanders or uh pittsburgh uh now for wentz um you know i'm gonna defend him like i think people are overreacting to the overall season that he had like i mean i think you guys can agree too yes he had a bad game i i'm not gonna sit here and you know say that he didn't have his bad moments he had some pretty bad downs the two titans games and the jaguars game um but i can't deny that he came in again off of foot surgery and COVID all over the O-line for the first three weeks. He overcame an 0-3 start and still produced a winning season. I, I just can't ignore that. He did I, or Jonathan Taylor did? No, okay, look. I, I can't. Jonathan Taylor was huge for them. I, I'm not denying that, but this is like the first skill position that Wentz has had that's even come close to sniffing the Pro Bowl. That's the first one he's ever had in his entire career. Uh, or, well, sorry, Zach Ertz, sorry, I forgot. But not really a skill position, but no, I mean, okay. Um... But yeah, I think I think for Wentz, I still think if I'm the Colts, you give him one more year. I I would I would not, you know, I just don't think you're gonna be able to really get anyone better right now. I think one more year with well, Wentz okay. settles it. You 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 studied Pickett and and Corral, right? Mm-hmm. And you got you could throw Malik Willis on there. Any do those three better than Wentz going in year one? Not right now. Not year one. All no. three are all, all three are worse in your opinion. Mm-hmm. You know my thoughts on Pickett, so yeah, I still think Wentz. Look, this isn't even being biased. I just think they can't upgrade right now. Like, I think next year you'd be totally fine because think about it. That would be his last year on his deal because he signed a four-year uh in 2019 so uh that would be the last year of his deal i i think if i'm the colts i ride it out one more year like you your, your roster is getting better right you can only go up from here i don't think you get worse most of your guys well, are signed most like no matter how far you go up he has the power to no matter what team no matter how good the team he's on he he can lose you a game mm-hmm, of course I, I don't think i don't think you know a guy like kenny pickett who is i would say a relatively safe prospect where he's not he's like i'm ceiling like kirk cousins or you know uh like he's he's one of those quarterbacks that's just not going to wow you. He's never going to be in that top five debate, but he could comfortably Ooh, win. Don't some... don't get me started on that one. I don't know. I, I think he's got a Joe Burrow ceiling, but no way. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, I'm I'm lying on this kid. I think my thoughts on the whole one situation. I think he could very well get sent packing by the Colts this offseason itself, but I don't think it's a given. Like no, do I? Yeah, who do you go think... with if you're the? Who do you go with? I mean, obviously well, you try and make a move for the big three. I said this in the chat. If Indy trades Wentz you need either a first round pick or an immediate replacement in the deal otherwise you know Colts aren't picking until second round and then in a draft with not many options at quarterback obviously we talked about Pickett Willis and Corral I'd agree with Anish I don't think any of them are going to be better than Wentz in their first year and also Wentz is backup is Sam Ellinger so that's not very ideal for a team hoping to contend yeah. next year um I think for for Chris Ballard if I'm him I think the need to upgrade from Wentz is there but it would just be very difficult because you don't have a top pick in the draft. The free agent pool is horrible. Like would Ballard really cut Wentz to sign Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota? Like those are, oh. those are oh. lateral moves at best. And I mean, well, you can sign Mariota to make a QB competition, but here's the thing, right? Look, but the, also with the division, the division is still wide open. Like the Titans are not that much better than the Colts. They had a way better start because they were healthy. They were healthier to start the year. So I, I'm i not saying, you know, I'm not saying that Wentz is going to somehow, you know, go crazy again in 2017. I'm, I believe that's over. Um, but to say, sit up here and say he cannot win the division or he cannot, you know, have another winning season, I completely disagree. I, I think he had a good, solid year. Okay. It was, it was average to above average a little bit, but no, nowhere near top 10. But yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I wouldn't trade him. You guys know that. I, I still think you can get a good year out of him. Uh, and if I'm the Colts, I mean, because here's the thing, we've still yet, he's still only like 29. So it's, it's not like he can't get better, right? I don't think he's done ever, you know, 
like improving his play. This isn't the this isn't the best we're gonna see of Wentz for the rest of his career. I think that's just me, and um, I think Reich is. I I just hope Reich is still all in on him because again, I think another year in the system, same type of players. If they can just upgrade at wide receiver. I just don't like Pittman as a wide receiver one. I think he's a good wide receiver two. I just don't, I don't know. I don't like him as a receiver one. I think there's plenty of other options out there. And also like, like I've, I think I've mentioned this before. Sorry to kind of ramble on, but Zach Pascal, Paris Campbell, and uh, uh, Doolin are not going to start on any other team besides maybe New Orleans. So that's what he's been working with. I don't know. I think Jacksonville's got a good shot to play those guys. Um, <laughs> okay. Maybe. I was to say like, for anyone that watched the playoffs this year, I think it just shows how important it is for if you want to win a Super Bowl, you need to have an elite quarterback. And I think teams are realizing that. And I think that's why, you know, the Niners are not going to be afraid to move off Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's why, you know, the Broncos aren't afraid to go out and try and get a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Like, I think teams are realizing that a little bit more now. Carson Wentz isn't an elite quarterback. Like, I don't think you're going to win a Super Bowl with Carson Wentz. And if you're not going to win a Super Bowl with Carson Wentz, what's the point? of trying to keep him at least take a risk, at least try and move on to get someone else, at least throw for something. I agree, but there's no one, there's no one there that I would say there's not enough. I mean, well, again, I I still, well, I think Pickett can be, but I mean, I I think think their window, I think their window is right now. Exactly. Which is why they don't have the elite quarterback now. So I mean, like they could be one of the guys that goes trades for Rogers or Wilson, or we'll figure out what happens with Sean Watson, but Sean Watson picks. Yeah, let's let's see. I think overtime will. We'll or how about Kirk Cousins? Goal. Like Derek Carr I'm not winning a Super Bowl. I don't know. The, I feel like Derek Carr and and Kirk Cousins are eerily close to Matthew Stafford. Like, yeah, I mean, well, Derek Carr. There was some news out that they're gonna pay him thirty five to forty mil plus. They're trying to, yeah, but I, I just think like there are options out there. At least try because you're not going to win the Super Bowl with Carson Wentz. So what's the point of keeping on your roster? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, speaking <laughs> of the Super Bowl, let's 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 get he to the Super Bowl. the second Bowl. most rings out of any QB in the league. So that's true. Uh, even though he didn't play, but whatever. <laughs> Should have played. Uh, the Super Bowl started pretty slow. I it, it like we can get into that now. It, it kind of started how I ex- expected. I said I, I didn't think either team would score on their first possession. They very true. They went punt punt. The Bengals and Joe Burrow we kind of missed the throw on the first one. There were some jitters there. They eventually kind of worked it out. Then the Rams score for the first one. They go OBJ for the touchdown. We'll just kind of quickly get through the first half because it wasn't all that eventful. Uh, Bengals go three and out again. And I think that's when Shrikar started to say he was or one of you two, I forget who it was, said that you were worried it could get out of hand. That was me. That was me. I felt Amazing. the same thing. But then the Bengals forced three and out. They hit the deep ball to chase, come up short in the red zone, trade some touchdowns. So, you know, some first half takeaways for you guys uh, as you were watching along. What did you guys think of the first half? Uh, so for the first half, well, first I want to say, okay, well, I guess when we get to the second half, I was crazy close to getting it, uh, pretty spot on, but I said fourth and like 10 instead of fourth and one. But I think for the first half, what I would say is I think McVeigh got it going that second drive. I thought he called, I thought that uh wheel route or kind of, it's like a wheel switch. So you have like a inside mm-hmm. guy and you get a one-on-one coverage because it was a single high safety. Um, I thought that was a great call. Um, and the, the throw to OBJ was perfect. Um, OBJ was cooking in that first half. I believe he had 52 yards and a touchdown. So, uh, and as soon as I saw him, uh, the replay of him dropping the pass at first, I was like, wait, what just happened? And I thought it was, a, I thought it was just a hyperextended knee. Um, but you know, we obviously found out it was a torn ACL on the same one, which, ah, man, that really sucks. Uh, but I think the Rams obviously outplayed Cincinnati in that first half. That one deep ball to Chase, I think Chase made a better play. Or Because Burrow high-pointed it. He high-pointed mm. the ball, and basically as a receiver, what you have to do is you have to come under it, right? So you have to come mm. uh, you know, a little bit inside, and he did a really good job. I mean, Ramsey honestly had a really bad game. Uh, I was pretty disappointed in him. He had like one good play, and it was the pass breakup on T. Higgins, and that was even arguable as a little hold because of the tugging because he used it to get into the play, right? Um, but yeah, I guess for first half, I, I thought the Rams outplayed Cincinnati, and you're right, some jitters, but I was also a little bit weirded out. Shrigar kept mentioning the running the ball on first down. I wasn't I wasn't mad about that, though. Like, it's fine. Like, I, I think, you know, because that's kind of how the NFL works. You run it on first down, maybe run it again on second, and you throw it on third. So if it wasn't uh, working, it wasn't I'll, working. I'll speak on that a little bit. And 
Sean McVay, you know, he's going to get a lot of praise after this game and, you know, his body work, he deserves it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to come out here and say he doesn't deserve it, but I do not like his game plan. I have some stats pulled up. It's just the Rams were incredibly conservative throughout that first half and even before Beckham's knee injury. So in the first half, the Rams had 12 first down plays and they ran eight times for 18 yards. And to his credit, McVay, he only called four runs on 14 first downs in the final 30 minutes, which is where I give him his credit in the fourth quarter. He was great. And that gave Stafford more of a chance to be in a better position on second down, but still first down was a problem. Like the whole night on 26 first down calls, uh, the Rams only gained 10 plus yards twice. And also there was that I'll speak on it when we get to the second half, but that Philly special on third and five, I hated that call. I don't know what they were thinking there going from cup to staff. They should have went Stafford to cup, but they went cup to Stafford. So I don't know what that was about. Matt Gay got three points on that drive, but terrible call considering Cincinnati was struggling to cover a lot of the night. But um, in the first half, some other takeaways that front was pretty much absent that whole first half. It wasn't until the second half that they got really clicking and they actually got after Burrow. Um, and ultimately the big story of the Super Bowl was the one that, you know, a lot of people are expecting, including me, and it was that the Rams would get unrelenting pressure and Burrow would finally have, you know, he he would have found that force that he couldn't overcome. And I think that's what we saw in this game. Um, the OBJ touchdown, it was a beautiful route out of the slot. Uh, it was a wheel route on Mike Hilton. I think it was great. I love the throw from Stafford. I love the catch. Um, I think it was a great play. But other than that, the first half, you know, it really pales in comparison to the second half. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, both teams after the OBJ touchdown, Bengals kick field goal, and then they trade touchdowns. You had the cup touchdown, which was his first. And I was like, felt like it was inevitable. Like if you weren't betting Cooper Cup to have a touchdown in the game, I feel like you were kind of making a mistake. And then the next one, <laughs> a little bit less expected, like Joe Mixon passing for a touchdown. Uh, then the game was close. The Rams looked like they were going to move the ball a little bit, then throw the interception because the OBJ injury, you know, which first of all, I want to say like, it just sucks for OBJ. I over the course of this year and this offseason specifically, like I became a big fan of OBJ. I just hated seeing how underutilized he was uh in in Cleveland. And I, I actually got to like go to the press conferences for the Bengals and Rams. And like I asked Mike Hilton the question about OBJ, and he said the exact same thing. Like he was like, none of us were surprised that that OBJ went to the Rams and started being good. And he legitimately mentioned like once he was off of franchises that did not know how to use him, <laughs> I was like, at least he was being candid and it just sucks for OBJ to go down. Okay. Same ACL injury. I feel like he was really returning to form and he was a player. I wasn't a huge fan of in New York and wasn't a huge fan of the first year in Cleveland, but I've started to like him a lot more. So it sucks for them, but that really threw a wrench into the Rams offense because they, he was able to substitute, the loss of Robert Woods. And after that, when your second option is Van Jefferson and Ben Skoranek, like you're not having a great offense. Oh my God, attack. dude. Ben Skoranek. Ben Don't Skoranek. even get me started. Don't even get me started. We'll, on that. we'll, we'll, we'll get started had... with that in the second half because, you know, so then they end up throwing the interception that the half stalls out from there. But then the second half, which is you're you got the Bengals coming out 75 yard touchdown on the first play. Yes, it was a face mask, but still a touchdown. And then Ben Skoranek, ball bounces off him, it gets picked. So within two plays, the Bengals have, it looks like, complete control of the game. So coming at a halftime, what were you guys thinking? Well, a little bit on OBJ, but I agree with you. He was really starting to come into form. Seven touchdowns in 12 games, including the postseason. Um, and honestly, like, I think he comes back on a one-year deal. I really hope that's what happens for him. It's going to be a prove-it year. I think it's going to They've got, they've got Woods come back. To, back. To, he's not going to come back till October, November. And I mean, I don't know, maybe he might, if he's motivated. Cause with the Browns, when he tore his ACL, Oh, he took his sweet time. He missed, he could have come back during. OTAs I don't see why, I don't see why he would leave the place that where he was. Thriving. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to, I don't know him. if the Rams will take him back. Cause they don't have the money. Bobby I think they trees back and you already have. Yeah. They've got, they've after got Woods coming did, back. After seeing what he did in the postseason, I get the injuries concerning, but after seeing what he did in the postseason, I, I feel like yeah, I mean, you got the, Woods and Beckham coming off an ACL. The problem is Woods has had more time to recover. Yeah. So. But also, I mean, they've got Van Jefferson still who they invested a decently high pick in and they've got to play two, two out. Well, at some point who they took in the second round. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but for the second half, I'll, I'll let Anish go. I just wanted to touch on OBJ. Yeah. First, can we talk about this guy? <sighs> Ben Skoranek. First of all, I've, I've, I always forget how to pronounce this dude's name. And good, 
good matter because this dude does not deserve for people to pronounce his name correctly. First of all, this guy has a crucial drop against the Niners in week 18, right? Or no, was it the, actually, I think it was the playoff game, right? The championship? It was uh, the touchdown. Yeah, sorry, the championship game. And then we come in here, this guy. First of all, he was fifth on the Jep chart in August. He was fifth. And he somehow gets moved to fourth because of injuries, right, to Robert Woods. And then OBJ goes down. So then he's moved to third. And they put him at X, because, or, uh, sorry, Y, because they wanted to put Van Jefferson in the slot. First of all, on the pick, you have to follow through if you're running through the middle. You have to, especially if there's no safety hitting you there. He doesn't follow through. And hence, the ball gets, I think it was off his left hand. And it goes right into, uh, who picked it off? I think it was a linebacker, right? It was, um, no, it was Chidobe. It was, yeah. Chidobe, oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. It, uh, it, wasn't, a, it yeah. wasn't a perfect pass. Like, let's. No, yeah. Like, okay. It, but it, you still have to follow through with your route. Right. Like, he yes. stopped. So, I, I was really, really frustrated with him. He also had, he just couldn't get, he can't, he cannot beat man coverage. He cannot do the same things Odell does or Robert Woods. He cannot beat single coverage, which is pathetic. Um, uh, I mean, their third string tight end, I forget, Hopkins was his name. He was actually doing some bits there. Uh, But for the second half, yeah, that was my little rant on Skoranek. I was just whatever. But uh, yeah, I'm going to use this time to talk about uh, Sean McVay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for the last like three hours in the chat, just some context. I've been hyping up McVay to these guys a lot. And uh, what I did tell him, I think right now I would take him over Andy Reid. I think right now, I, if I'm starting a franchise, he's the consensus number one coach I'm taking. And that fourth quarter, that 15-play drive, obviously three guys get credit. McVay, Matthew Stafford, and Cooper Cup. Finally, I mean, I was putting in the chat too. Every chat I was in, just force the ball to him. Like, it'll work. Like, I, yeah. I was getting so frustrated when they weren't targeting him. I mean, he only had like five targets coming in uh, to the second half. And I was like, this is, this is what you got you here. And on the final drive, I think he had like four targets or something, five including the penalty. And he made do on everyone. And that throw uh, was tremendous. I know I kind of skipped through the third quarter, but that throw, I know it was a no look. I don't even care about the no look. I just thought it was perfect accuracy when they needed it, uh, you know, down the field. Um, I think they beat uh, Logan or Jermaine Pratt uh, on, I think it was like a cover two. And I think they just beat the linebacker trying to move back. Uh, But yeah, I thought it was a sensational drive. I think that's one of the best drives I've ever seen in Super Bowl history. Um, and yeah, I think Sean McVay, just quick touch on him, five seasons, all five have been winning seasons, two Super Bowl appearances, a Super Bowl win, and every player that has gone to LA has been better there. He has developed every player. He's, he has made everything work. You've thrown in OBJ, you've thrown in Von Miller, you've thrown in Eric Weddle, you've thrown in Austin Corbett, who is terrible with us. Andrew Whitworth made the Pro Bowl his first year when he came, and he never made one with Cincinnati. Robert Woods was way better in LA. He had a 1,000-yard season, never had that with Buffalo. Cooper Cup, look at his development. Matthew Stafford, his first year in LA, wins the Super Bowl. Jared Goff is 321-1 without Sean McVay, and what is Sean McVay without in his first year? 16 and five in a Super Bowl. So, all right. Well, also, you know, without the entire stability of the Rams roster, but like, I understand, I, I understand the point you're making. McVeigh came in with a four and 12 Rams team that Freakar was trying. I mean, okay, I'm, I'm going to use this to slander Shan- Shanahan a little bit because uh, <laughs> Freakar was trying to tell me that Shanahan inherited a worse roster. Well, the Niners had swept yeah. the Rams that year so that doesn't matter if that team was holding open i think think they had a better roster um so yeah sean mcveigh inherited a really really bad roster and turned it into an nfc juggernaut and they should be the favorites in the nfc next year this this guy is incredible i did make a take that i was joking about but i'm honestly not far from it i think if he shows it a little bit like if he wins another super bowl if he goes back to back I would, I think Sean McVay, like if I was taking a team in 2022, 2023, in an offensive league that it is now, I think, yeah, I would take Sean McVay over any coach at any point in their career. No, I, I still hate that take with like a burning <laughs> passion. But no, I, I mean, yeah, we skipped over the third quarter, but I feel like it was pretty easy to skip over. That's really when the Rams defensive line started to feast. That's when the game started to look a little bit more like what we expected, except for the fact that the Rams also weren't getting anything done on offense. It was kind of weird. I think without OBJ, you know, having Skoranek and Jefferson out there and not even having Higby or uh, Kendall Blanton didn't even play that much either. Uh, it was, it was an ugly third quarter, but the fourth quarter, that's where I start to give McVay credit. I agree with Shrikar's statement earlier that you give McVay all the career credit you want, but in the two Super Bowls, like I have not been a huge fan and 
I'll, I'll say the same thing about Zach Taylor, like a Zach Taylor reaffirmed some of the worries I had about him play calling. Uh, I think both of them didn't. Yeah. You want to talk about the three plays on uh, at the one, like one yard away. You want to maybe touch on that? The, uh, the, for the third, like one, one, fourth third one, one, fourth one, we'll get there. We'll get there. But no, so the, the Rams drive though, like that's where I give the credit like that. That was a perfectly orchestrated drive. Sure. I would argue that while it wasn't, you know, a horrendous call, they were helped out by a couple penalties on that drive. The Logan Wilson hold in particular, I don't think they, you should call that holding if you're not going to call things in the first through yeah, third I, quarters. And the fact that they missed the false start, like that's, that's worse. That's the more egregious miss in my opinion. Um, but no, the, you know, you had Cooper cup on fourth and one, they finally run an end around McVeigh finally goes to the outside uh, with, with Cooper cup. And they, they just had not been getting it to him just not putting the ball in his hands, which they, I think could have easily done uh, at, at many points in the game. Uh, the no look pass from Matthew Stafford, absolutely phenomenal. There were some red zone antics, but it all ended up working out 15 plays. The Rams go ahead. Like that's where I'm going to give McVay his props. That's where I'll clap it up. And that left, which then the point you want to get to is that left the Bengals right where I thought they would be, honestly, like with a chance to go down and win the game at the end. Of course, I thought they would be tied at the time, but this Can time they were down the by story? three. Can we put my story up? It's literally exactly what happened. I said everyone was going to be like, Joe Burr, game time. It's time for him to show up down. I was the, the only person scored. not saying that. <laughs> I was saying Aaron Donald. It, it had to be something from I'm Aaron telling Donald. telling you, no, put the clip. I want to put the clip up there. I'm not putting I was the clip like, They can go back and watch down, the last the Rams are we, get I feel stop. like we were, we were all pretty close. Like it, you guys were really close in that you had pretty similar predictions and it went your way. But like if that Aaron Donald play doesn't happen... Like I feel like it went yeah. right my way, so it was it was really close. Uh, well, the two Aaron Donald plays, the two Aaron Donald plays. You're right. Uh, obviously, had yeah, the third and one and the fourth one, which you know we can we can definitely break down more. All right, so going to the third and one and the fourth and one. I mean, first of all, I know people are mad about you know giving it to Samaj P. Ryan, but like he has been their third down back for the entire year, so. Like, okay, fine. One situation where it didn't work out. It wor- it's it been working out in a lot of other situations, so I can't really fault him for giving it to Pirine there. It was just a hell of a play by Aaron Donald. I mean, this dude used his left hand, he's right hand, left hand to sweep over and literally move Pirine, who's like 245, 250, and drag him down with one arm while being kind of, you know, pushed back by uh, Hakeem Adenijay. Like, th- that's just incredible. I mean, like, you know, we, I talk about Aaron Donald all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I remember I was, you know, I was a critic of him sometimes. I was in big games. I was. And the last two postseasons, he's really come up big. That Seattle game last postseason. And now we've seen back to back, you know, games, the championship and the Super Bowl where he deservingly so did the celebration, right? Both times he was uh, contributing to the game-winning play. So hats off to Aaron Donald. And, uh, you know, I guess Tyler Boyd's drop also on third down. This was um, – which play? It was like a – I don't know when it was. I think it was a couple drives ago. Third and nine on the second-to-last drive. Yeah. Yeah, so I think – yeah, it was the drive before. So, I mean, you know, there were a couple plays in the fourth quarter that I guess, you know, the Bengals kind of just – Hung out to dry. I mean, Shrikar was going to, I'll let you maybe transition and take it over from there. But I just wanted to finish on Donald really quick. Um, The recency bias on him being the best defensive player ever, I think it's it's too high right now. Like he is still, there's still a considerable gap between him and LT. I'll let you put him over Reggie White. I'll I'll let you. I mean, I'm still on the fence. I mean, honestly, I would probably move Aaron Donald above just because I've seen him too. But for LT, I'm sorry. I've watched documentaries on this guy. I mean, it's like... for him, only defensive player to win MVP. Again, he revolutionized the edge rusher position. He made it, and he also showed why you need a left tackle. So I can't put him near LT right now. I think he also LT had two rings. But uh, yeah, that's my thoughts on Aaron Donald. I think he's cemented as top three defensive player ever, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, I guess my takeaway for the Bengals mainly was just so much self-inflicted damage. And there's going to be a few haunting moments coming from this. Obviously we talked about Tyler Woods drop on their second and last drive on third and nine. Uh, he got the pair of third and one or this, the third and fourth down calls um, just the inability to block it all in the second half. They allowed six sacks, but I think the big turning point in this game came after the Higgins touchdown and right after the Chidobe Awuzie interception, Cincinnati had the ball. They're up 17, three, they're at the Rams 31, and you can go up by two scores here. And instead, you get, you know, the drive kind of stalls and an Evan McPherson field goal. And 
I think there the Rams were able to steady themselves a bit. If they scored a touchdown there, I think I wouldn't say it'd be, you know, the dagger, but you could kind of feel like it would be a little bit out of hand at that point. And obviously Cincinnati didn't score again. And I think in the Super Bowl, the winners normally take advantage of, you know, opportunities like those. And the Bengals just missed a lot of theirs with Aaron Donald after the final play, that fourth and one where they basically sealed the game. I was just thinking in my head, of course, it was Aaron Donald. He saved his most important play for maybe his final one. Could he retire? No, no, he's not retiring. Give us a minute on that one. He's not going to retire. I hope he doesn't. Uh, You know, it would would really suck. But you really think about it. He's done everything. And... Except prove to Anish he's the best uh, defense player in football. He's got to play a couple more years for that one. Like, (laughs) how many? Like, right now? Wait, right now or all time? Like all time. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's far. How away. many, how many more years of Aaron Donald level greatness will it take? Would it take? Yep. <sighs> I don't know. I don't, I don't even, I, I think he needs those hard, you know, hardcore accolades. Like again, LT was a def- He was an MVP. And again, he had two rings, but were so- there Patrick Mahomes is throwing like 50 touchdowns a year when LT was playing. Like, it's a different know, story in different. I know, but Elf, again, like you should just watch. What, like I'm telling you, no, the, I know. I'll send you the documentaries. Like this, this guy was, this guy literally rushed when he wanted to, and it was just, it was crazy. Like I, I, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. As far, it, as, far as I talk about like eye popping, like for you know edge rushers, like do you pop out of my screen? Like this dude, literally every single play, I know where he is, and he's doing something. I, I mean, I don't think it's ever been replicated. Like the speed that he would come off the edge with. And it, I mean, I think this is like an episode on its own because I could go on for hours about, you know, how just how dominant LT was when I saw him. And I, I, I don't know if I can put Donald there without, you know, I think he would need an MVP, maybe another ring. If he gets defensive MVP in this day and age, oh yeah, I'll, I'll lock it up. Uh, maybe another ring, maybe a Super Bowl MVP if he gets it with the ring. Um, because, you know, he had a case for this game too. I, I'm not saying like, you know, he didn't yeah. have any case for it. He had two sacks, uh, three hurries and uh, a QB pressure. So uh, it's not like he was, you know, not good. Um, but I guess, you know, maybe if you want to transition, because I haven't even talked about my, you know, my favorite player. Yeah, We'll get there. Um, I, I, I want to talk about I'll, the last couple plays. Yeah, talk about the, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go into that, but. I think another takeaway I had for the Rams is they got great contributions from all their high profile and it worked so well. Yep. Every yep. star acquisition they brought in contributed. And this was, you know, that's Ramsey, of course, but I mean, this is, yeah, I guess, but like, this is what the Rams needed to happen. If this didn't happen, then everything was a failed experiment, but they but proved anyway. that like you move your assets into the future. You just throw everything for right now. If it works, you got a Super Bowl ring and that's like, uh, yeah, it just pretty much all worked out. Like whether it's it's worth it, I think is still an interesting question. Cause like, I don't know. I was really high on the Rams still, even without, you know, making the, the trade for Ramsey and Stafford, like Stafford one, maybe a little bit more Ramsey, maybe a little bit less. I still think that there was a future in which they could build, you know, a dynasty roster and they were moving there. And I understand, you know, you're moving it for the one ring and everyone's going to say that it's worth it. But I still think, you know, there's an argument to be made that like, this team could have been better. And now you're looking into these next couple of years and you've got nothing that you can't really improve the team. So they'll be fine. They that's will, a debate. That's a debate for the future, be, but they that, have with, with that guy coaching, they will be fine. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Be fine. Uh, well, unless Aaron Donald retires, we don't know if they'll be fine. I don't think he does. I, I, I hope not. I mean, I want to see this guy play at least five more years. Like, I just feel like that's, he has that type of type of, uh, what do you call it? Caliber. I know. And he's only 30. Like I know 30 is kind of an age. He's in shape really well. Yeah. So. Yep. I think we didn't touch on, I guess I'm going to be the trenches guy for this one. You know, I love him dude. the offensive line for the Rams. I, we talked about the Bengals collapsing, but you know how many times Stafford was able to find his third read. Yep. I swear, like literally every other play. I mean, he was able to really look once one side, look twice the other side and then throw it to the flat. That th- I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. The only I mean, problem came is that his third read was Ben Skoranek. <laughs> yeah, no, but there was like a third and two play and I believe it was cup on a little bubble and he literally looked one side, the other, and then threw it 
you know, backwards towards Cup. And if I'm a DB, I'm, I mean, I was angry. I think, I, I think it might have been a woozy on that side. Maybe Eli Apple. <laughs> we haven't even touched on he burnt toast, but, but I mean, look, he, he you're only supposed allowed to, like, 19 yards towards... in the entire game. And yet, yeah, he will get the, and he will get the brute of the slander for the entire Because offseason. he was talking so much smack. Like, yep, that's what happens, yeah, which I'm fine with. You know, I got, when I got to do the press conferences, everyone gave me a great answer except Eli Apple. <laughs> uh ohio state fans uh we don't claim them um but can can i finally talk about number 10 yes i can't even imagine what would have happened though if that ball was one more inch to the right and p ryan caught it okay yeah the fourth okay but he didn't dive like okay that's the the thing i was i was really surprised he didn't lay out yeah like I thought he had a shot at it. Like I, it I looked like angle, it was going to be the angle like, I saw. and they, they never showed a replay of it. They never showed a second yeah. angle, which I was like, I was like, I, you know I don't think 22 will show it because I'm all 22. Will show it if it's straight on. So yeah, it'll be, I, yeah I mean, I want, the end zone angle will probably show it, which I want to see. Yeah. Cause like, it looked close on the broadcast and they it never showed a second replay. Like I understand wanting to capture the moment and not say, Oh, but look how close they were to catching it. They want to show Aaron Donald doing yeah, the it ring. It looked it looked but, pretty it looked pretty catchable from that side, but okay, I'm fine. Get to, get to your boy, Super Bowl MVP to round up. Finally. Oh man, best for last. Okay, look. I mean, you know, it sounds like this is like a son or something that I'm seeing like, you know, go really proud, but I'm just like a really proud fan. Uh, of Cooper Cup and uh, I had his shirt on the other day or uh, during the Super Bowl and I was like walking back and everyone was like hey nice shirt I was like yeah that's that's Cup for you um like this is a guy who came in right I mean obviously people are now starting to know the story about the no offers he played at Eastern Washington I guarantee you if I had asked people that a year ago no one would have known that um but you know he comes in 2017 as the fifth ranked receiver on that depth chart and he had 869 yards his rookie year, despite being on a team, I believe that was the year. No, this was the, the year before Brandon Cooks had got there. But um, he was people's third receiver on that team. It was everyone was like Cooks, Woods, then Cup. Then he slowly started working his way. He was always the hardest worker on that team. In 2019, he had uh, 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns. And what's ironic is his best game up until this year was against Cincinnati. It was 220 yards in London. Uh, so it was pretty ironic, but yeah, uh, I'm going to talk about it. I think he's had the greatest wide receiver season ever. And I love how the people who were like, oh, but he got an extra game for the record versus Calvin Johnson. They're real quiet right now. They are really quiet because this is a guy with 178 catches, 2,425 yards in a season, in a season. I mean, like the, I can't even like express how happy I'm saying this stuff right now. 22 touchdowns. Triple crown first since 05, Super Bowl MVP, Offensive Player of the Year. I mean, and honestly, you can make a case he could have won MVP. I mean, I'll maybe throw it to you guys because I think he, if he continues consistency, I think he's got a Hall of Fame case. That's the thing. That was the the point I want to get to uh, is like there's the whole like of all time debates that are going on right now. Like we touched on Aaron Donald, the best wide receiver season, which I think I would give it to cup at this point. Um, no doubt in my mind, at least, especially cause I don't know. It's just the effect that he had. Uh, I, I know that like a lot of people are going to want to say Jerry Rice, but just like through from week one to the super bowl, Never had a bad week. You want to like, you want to know his worst game of the year? I know it off the top of my head. It's five catches, sixty four yards in week four versus Arizona. That's his worst game. Like, yeah. are you kidding me, dude? That's unheard. And that of. was a game where they gave up by half. Like done. that game, that game was over early. Yeah, this mm. has never been done. Like, I, I don't think people are realizing this. This is like for one guy to do all of this is just incredible. And he's not the fastest guy. He's not the strongest. He's not tall. He's not that fast. I mean, but he's just, a you know, I think he's like 6'2", like just this, just this, this, this guy who was in the slot. Like, and for all those people yelling slot boy, six of his eight catches, where were they? They were on the outside. So I don't want to hear any of this slot boy nonsense. Um, this guy has been productive everywhere he went. And I think, again, because he's only had one other uh, season with 1,000 yards because uh, others due to injuries. But yeah, if he continues like this, here's my thing for the Hall of Fame, right? And I think maybe if you want, we could even touch on Stafford really that's quick. What, that's, that was the next point I wanted to make. My thing is this, right? Did you Can you talk about NFL history 
without mentioning this guy. If you can, then he's not a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Obviously, we're going to have those longevity type things. Like, if you keep being in the class, the semifinalist, you're going to eventually get in. And I think you have to have more than one year. Like, like someone can have the best wide receiver season of all time and never play again. And, like, they're obviously not going to be a Hall of Famer. So, it's like... In Here's between. my thing, right? So I think obviously Cup was taken twenty. Like he's he's got years left. Like he's got yeah. you know at least four years. And I think he's finally going to be utilized in a way now that he's got a t- you know finally a good armed QB and Sean McVay, obviously a great coach. Like here's the thing. I like even if he retired right now, I could not mention NFL. I would have to mention the season. This is the greatest wide receiver season ever. In he's the not 100- a Hall of Famer if he retires right now, though. I don't think so. He's not first ballot for sure, but I think like Absolutely. you have like I don't yeah you're right just because he's only made one Pro Bowl and one All Pro first team, but I think I think now right he's only going to build. Obviously, it's going to be hard to replicate this type of year, but if he has more Pro Bowls and more All Pros, we're always going to remember this year, and we're always going to remember he's one of I think like four wide receivers to have the Super Bowl MVP. I think it's like it's not a it's a pretty short list. So um, yeah, I just that wanted includes, to say for that includes other uh, uh, Hall of Fame hopeful Julian Edelman. Yeah, but but he didn't have he didn't have a twenty four hundred yard season. Shrikar, what do you think about the Matthew Stafford Hall of Fame case, though? I'm I'm interested. Richard Sherman, obviously, he was on Twitter. He was talking about it that Stafford doesn't have the accolades. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer yet. I now I'm going to include that yet there because I think Stafford can get into the Hall of Fame. It would take you know I think another ring for one, and maybe. I don't know exactly. He just needs some more accolades in general. Uh, he has one Pro Bowl. He has that Super Bowl. He won Comeback Player of the Year in 2011. Um, I, I I just don't think he's there yet, but I definitely think he can be. As for Cooper Cup, I think it's the same thing. He's got to build off the season. I don't think he's going to regress. I think he should find a level where he can stay consistent and be consistent. It's going to be hard to not regress. After well, re- regress as in get like much, much worse, but I mean, um, go, he, I mean, think he could go it. back down to an under a thousand yards. Like, that's where he was. That's like, he's not gonna, but mm-hmm. hold on. Hold on. He, had, he had 1110 touchdowns. I know, yeah, but you yeah. said 896. So it's like, he, and he had years with that was his first, like, that was his first year. That was, I know. I'm not saying like, I, I feel like as long as he stays in the wide receiver one range, for his team, like for five, four or five years, like at least like that's what you're going to need to have as a baseline. I don't think he gets in right now. Like, I I don't either. You're right. But I'm just saying like, he will always have this though. Like I cannot true. mention, right. I cannot talk about NFL history without mentioning someone who literally shattered records in one year. I mean, again, no other receiver has done. What so is Michael did. Thomas a hall of famer? Huh? No. So is Michael he, Thomas a hall of famer? No, he's not a Super Bowl MVP. Where is he? Had where the, is his- he had where's the most his, receptions of all time in one season. But where's where's his? Uh, no, that's what I'm saying. But he, I'm saying like that's had, a record. Winning, I think winning I think always it's, can winning winning always adds a little bit of. So, I think I, mean, I think want to get to Matt Stafford, right? Remember, I was not high on him, right? Yeah. I but I I said my pick for him was to be the MVP. But I did say also I was still very unsure about how he would do in the playoffs, and he shattered my expectations. He was the best postseason QB this year, and I don't think it was that close, right? Because obviously he played four games. Um, but here's my thing, right? First of all, I think Richard Sherman's just hating. Like, well, I, I completely agree with Richard Sherman, by the way. Matt yeah, I do not I agree. You don't have to say it. Yeah, but you don't have to say it right now. Like, You're why right. are you talking about this man's career right now? He's still only like 34. He still has got maybe three to four years, good years left in him. Well, he's, and, he's switching not, to, dude, he's a journalist now. He's got a, he's got a, uh, that pod and he's just trying to stay relevant. It's been three yep. years since we've ever talked about Richard Sherman, but look for Matthew Stafford, his first year starting, like, you know, now I'm going to, again, winning for me is a huge thing and it changes my opinion a lot. This is a guy, right? His first year as a starter, 16 games, he threw 5,000 yards and 41 touchdowns. This is 2011. Okay. And I guess now we've seen, right? Cause all I want sometimes is just my questions to be answered. And he's answered them. He has a higher, you know, it's ironic. He has a higher winning percentage than Aaron Rodgers. And he already has more game winning drives in the playoffs than Aaron Rodgers. It's just a funny comparison, but I think he's going to build on this. And I think the Rams should be and will you be. You mean like winning percentage all time? No, playoff winning percentage. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, because that's the one, one, one of the reasons I cannot put Matthew Stafford in the Hall of Fame is because he is under 500. Yeah. Yeah. No. So that's what I'm saying. He still has three to four years left though. And I think like, I, I, I think Richard Sherman said Matt Ryan has a better case right now. I, I don't I think necessarily he, I think know. I think he does. Huh? 
I think like, Madison has a better case. Stafford, um, I think he's still the quickest to 40K and 30K, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I, I thought Stafford winning was important to you. regular season achievements. But I thought right? winning because, was important to you. Huh? I thought winning was important oh, to you. Oh, that's what I'm saying. He has the he has the Super Bowl. I, like, but he doesn't have his, I mean, he's under 500 in his career. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. He still has three to four years to right the ship. And I think for Matty Ice, too, I, I can't get over the the second half of that, you know, Super Bowl. It's, it's going to be hard for me um, because he does have the MVP. And I, I wish Stafford won it this year. I think this would have been his best shot. I don't know if he'll have a better shot than this year, especially because it was the first year type thing. Um, but yeah, you're, I'll agree with you guys, though. As of right now, I cannot put him in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I think all the guys, all the criteria, criteria you guys have mentioned, I agree with. Yeah, I think that was the random hodgepodge of a lot of Super Bowl stuff. It's really just with a with a game that big, it's so hard to like get everything. I'm sure we're gonna have stuff that's gonna come to our minds. Well, you want to talk about the, the Bengals? You know where they go from here? Because I think yeah, I think okay, on the so we, Super Bowl hangover. I I really do think that. I think the only problem is I don't think it's gonna be as much of Super Bowl hangovers as like they were very fortunate to get to this spot this year. Like a lot of things went right for them, and a lot of games that you know, maybe they weren't supposed to win. They ended up winning and they got there. It's going to be so hard to get to the, to the Super Bowl from the AFC. I don't want to count out Joe because I like, I just think he could kind of do anything he wants at this point. He was an inch away or, you know, just that one pass protection away from a touch deep touch on a chase or an inch yeah. away from it to be caught by P Ryan. So like, I think you can never count out burrow for a chance for them to get back there. The problem they're going to run into is the AFC. Like, that's what's gonna happen. No, but look at yeah, but look at their next year schedule. Like I looked it's at hard, it, but like as but schedule you can't brutal. talk about before the season. Like yeah, it changes. Right. They're right. still a young team. They've got thirty eight million dollars in cap this season. Like they they still they've got the perfect formula. They've got Burrow going into only year three when he's on a rookie deal. They've got young players like young talent all over that they could put money into bigger pieces. Maybe bring obviously you're gonna bring an offensive line help, whether that's you know one big name, which I don't think I prefer as much to just bring in solid guys across the offensive line. Um, and I think they just keep going after it and hope that things fall their way in the AFC. It's gonna be hard. Obviously, you wish you're in the but, NFC right now with all the yeah, teams. Yeah, but guess what, Jack? They'll they're gonna be the hunted now. Remember that whole concept of hunters. I don't. I mean, because think of there's people like you though. There's people like you talking about the Bills and Chiefs being, you know, the people, the teams. I think it's the Chiefs and the Bengals now. I think because you said you said you said with me that before, like coming going into next season, you think the Bills are going to Super Bowl. So they're not like I don't think the Bengals are. No, no, but I'm. But what I'm saying is right. You cannot just ignore the fact that they represented the AFC, right? Like everyone has to. Like if I'm NFL teams, right? I'm looking at Cincinnati and I'm thinking, okay, they represented the AFC. We got to make sure that we think get that's by how them. it really works, though. Like, I just think that, like, I don't know. I, I know the Chiefs for sure. You know, everyone, they're still that juggernaut, right? To go to four straight AFC championships. Yeah. I think you could argue the Bills over the Bengals, that's too, honestly. But I'm saying no, that's, I think that's, Chiefs what, and that's Bills. what Jack's saying. But I I would say, I think that those are the top three right now. Like, yeah, those but are the I, three I don't think that just means right. they're not going to make it again. Uh, who? Cincinnati? Yeah. Just because teams realize that they're good does not mean that they're not going to be good again. No, they're yeah, not of course. Be great. Cincinnati will, will, you know, it's not like they're going to just fall off a cliff, I don't think. I mean, we've seen we've seen Super Bowl teams fall off. Like, but not the Panthers not, and the Broncos? Not this young and this yeah, early in their stages. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I honestly, like, you know, I already have a hot take. I don't know if Cincinnati even makes the playoffs next year. That's That's a horrible take. I think they will. I think winning the division is another thing. Yeah, that's I'll give you that one. But not making the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. See, like, I'll I'll explain it later. But hey, you know what's I, uh, I mean, maybe wrap it up. Like, man, I, it just sucks that you know we're gonna have to go seven months without football. I, I didn't even think about that till now. It's just like, you know, I think the worst part. Nice, I think what's nice about that though is with the 18th game, everything is kind of sped up, so there's not as much of like a dull period in between now and draft night. So I guess the combine is in two weeks. So we, we still got stuff to look forward to. Yeah. So. I mean, we were talking about Wentz and Garoppolo will be traded most likely before March 19th. That's a month away. Like, yeah. Also let's not forget a uh, scouting season from the cold, our truth. That's uh, in case you need <laughs> something uh, during your day to watch, maybe a little, some comparison videos or something. If you're bored. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll shout out Corral versus Pickett again. You guys can go watch that. Uh, it's yeah, be our or, last yeah, and I mean Aiden versus K- Kayvon is on the way, and then maybe some receiver ones for for. Well, yeah, you got your your Browns have to figure it out. Let's talk about the halftime show really quickly before like wrapping up this episode. 
I felt like it was I'll really let you short. Guys do it. I didn't even watch it. So you didn't watch? Oh, yeah. like I watched like okay, okay. I watched like the I watched the Eminem. I watched the Eminem and the Fifty Cent uh, part, but that's it. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Shrikar, you're the music expert. Yeah, I mean, you missed a lot. It was a very well put together show from you know the set design to how they incorporated you know that it's a it's a hip hop and R and B collective. So it was a big moment for hip hop in general. Uh, but I really like what they did with the show. I thought it was very creative. I didn't know how they were going to do the set list because with so many artists, you know, how are you going to split up the time? But I think they did it perfectly. They got, you know, good hit, good hits from Eminem. I know there's definitely Bengals and Rams players that were listening to lose yourself just in the locker room, ready to go out. On the Evan field. McPherson was still out on the field. McPherson that was, was, that was so players. funny. Like he, no, I'm so okay with that. I'm okay with that. Like, you know what? He <laughs> hadn't done anything bad for them all year. Like he, it's okay. Let him enjoy it. He's a rookie. Like he's probably like what twenty one years old. Just you know, enjoying some of the guys that he probably listens to all the time. Yeah, let him enjoy it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I thought it was a very fun halftime show. I think it's you know the best one in the past five years. I'd I'd have to go back and check because I don't. The fifty four one was pretty cool. I think that I, was with J Lo. That was with J Lo. J Lo secure. That was last that year. Was that was bad. No, it was two years ago. Weekend was last year. But oh, you're right. Yeah. Awesome. I think. I think. This one was better than Shakira and J-Lo. I think if we look all the way back to Super Bowl 50, maybe Coldplay. Eh, I, don't know. I don't know. I'm just glad the Bengals a... didn't win because, well, obviously Cup and McVay, but I would have seen Burrow, Joe Shiesty post everywhere. And I would have heard so many Bengals bandwagon. Like, it would have frustrated the living hell out of me. Like, I, I'm glad. And guess what? There's going to be an, another Ohio team representing uh, for the state on Feb yep. 12th. And uh, the Browns should, should I, should I agree with you there, Anish? Should I no, agree? Do not. No, do. <laughs> I think, I think uh, the Super no. I mean, the halftime show was great. It felt short. Like, I don't know if I was the only one that, that thought it felt short. It did feel a little short, but it left you wanting more. So I'm. I, that's the problem. And I feel like, bring, like surprising everyone with 50 Cent was cool. But like the fact that Kendrick Lamar had the, the same amount of time, even though like 50 Cent wasn't even supposed to be there. I don't know. Rub me, rub me a little bit the wrong way. Like it wasn't, I know people are saying like, Oh, easily the best halftime show of all time. I don't think not that's all, true. No, 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 no. It's not the best all time, but I liked it. I, I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was good. It's good to represent the West coast too. Like I felt like it was very represent representative of the West coast. Yeah. Exactly. It was the right. And I didn't, I wasn't too keen on it. So sorry. <laughs> she does, like, yeah. Don't roast me in the comments. I still listen to like hip hop and stuff. I just didn't, I just, I was moving. Okay. I was moving dorms. Okay. Like I went to go watch in my other friend's dorm. So yeah, I prioritized <laughs> moving over the halftime show. Well, then the Bengals, the Bengals, I mean, you must've been really scared after that. Then they, they respond 75 yard touchdown. And you pick. know me and my superstitions. Yeah. I yes, I do. I was, I was so scared. I was like, Oh no. Did I just goop curse Cooper cup? I was like, dude, it hadn't hit him all year. Not now. And oh, thankfully, thankfully he said, you know what, Anish, I'm not going to let it hit me the way it hit Wentz. We'll be fine. Cooper Cup, early uh, 2023 or Madden 23 cover candidate? No, no, please. If, don't put him on the cover. I will be so mad. It's got to be. I mean, it's him. Put Burrow. Put Burrow. Him, him, Burrow, Donald, Taylor, or Rodgers. Like, I feel like you're picking between those five. I don't think it's going to be Rodgers. Neither do I. Let's put Burrow. I, I don't they, know uh, Are you going to put the Super Bowl loser? Well, I mean, Mahomes was on it last year. So Burrow's about to get hit. Well, it was Mahomes and, and Brady. And the Super Bowl curse. Yeah. They put it. Oh, they also put it the year he lost the AFC championship. Madden 20. Then he won true. the Super Bowl that year. I guess Let's it, put it, it on Burrow. I, I love. Okay, don't get me wrong. Remember, I still love Joe Burrow, but he's a rival. So, you know. Maybe they'll put it on Josh Allen. Shove. Huh? Maybe they'll put it on Josh Allen. We gotta, we gotta get, we're going to get a Josh Allen, Cooper Cup, Sean McVay, Daniel oh, yeah, Jones, wait, if, if people Samuel are still cover. watching before, I mean, maybe before we go, if people are still watching, you guys all know I had a lineup of players that I just absolutely loved. Uh, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, Josh Allen, Carson Wentz. Now, three of those four are now Daniel top Jones. five consensus. Huh? You, you can't leave out your absolute huge miss in Daniel Jones. That is not a miss. I feel like he just hasn't gotten the opportunity. I need to like, I need to see. It's him. been three, it's been three years. How uh, often do quarterbacks get better after give, three give years? Him, give him, give him an actual offensive staff. This will be the final year. I still have some faith. I like how Anish liked the judge hire and now he's like, nah, he needs a new staff. No, I, cause he couldn't hire an offensive staff. Like I, I thought he would build on and it. And he was but, just yeah, bad. No. Okay. People in the comments, help me find a new lineup of players. Or maybe I'll just, I mean, Shrikar already enticed me. I mean, you know, I'm pretty high on Kenny Pickett, but 
Now, you know, it's kind of like I've left Debo, Wenson out, or sorry, Debo, Allen, and Cup. They're all top five consensus. Everyone knows they're good. So it's enough talking about them. You gotta find I love how you snuck Wentz in there as like a oh, no, bottom He's still five. there. He's still there. He'll, we still haven't seen him in the playoffs yet. Like, all right. There's a reason we haven't <laughs> well, seen him in the playoffs. Yeah. You know why? He'll get there. Because he's bad and injury I'm willing, prone. I'm just not going to put a bet on it because that's probably what jinxed it. But yeah, just know he'll get there. Yeah, well, that's him all we got and, uh, for you guys. Number six. <laughs> number six will be up there. That's all we have for you guys in this episode. We're going to take a couple week break. It's been a long season. I think I'm happy to do this with you guys for another season. That's three Super Bowls as a podcast so far. Uh, I've definitely like an exciting season. I think a great way to round it out too. We got another good Super Bowl. Last year was a little disappointing. This one was a little bit more of what we wanted. So thank you guys for following along all season, pretty much 50 episodes. I think we missed like two or three weeks. So we're going to take a couple of weeks off uh, and we'll be back to you guys in, in a couple of weeks, but we hope you enjoyed the episode. We hope you enjoyed the season uh, and, you know, have a little bit of fun, kick back, I guess, watch some basketball if you're basketball fans and hope that baseball comes back soon, but go Cavs. We've been the, <laughs> we've been the Cole Hartuk podcast and we will see you next time. <laughs>